everybody. How you doing tonight? It's a beautiful evening here in Colorado. I have the fire going um, and I just can't wait to sit with you and talk a little bit about Galatians. I'm starting just a couple minutes here early, so I guess I'll just chit chat for a little bit until it's exactly time to start. Um, one, look at our new shirts. It says freedom, loving it. At the very bottom it says John 836. And um, John 836 says, um, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And that's why the shirt says freedom because freedom is found at the cross. I also hope that you're kind of joining in on our healthy smoothies and shakes that we've been doing, smoothies, um, shakes, and snacks as well. So today I posted about a blueberry zucchini avocado um, snack and or shake and it was super good. It had some ginger, some lemon, hope you'll give it a try. Um, if you're on right now, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I can't really see your comments right now. It's a little far away, but Dedica is here with me. Dedica has been just a huge help now at Faithful Workouts, and she is here to respond to questions you might have. And if she needs to, she'll send me a message. I'm going to be looking at my notes on my computer, but it's also that she can send me messages. If you guys have some questions, anything you want me to go over again that maybe didn't quite make sense, go ahead and um, just type it in below as a comment. Now, if you're here and you don't have a Facebook account, unfortunately, you will not be able to comment, but you're going to be able to listen to it all. All right. And I am absolutely passionate about um, the Bible. I think it is just an amazing gift <clears throat> that God has given us that we have the Bible. So um, all right, I'm going to get a sip of water and then I think it's just about time to start here. All right, so Denica, I'm opening up my computer. If you need to, you can go ahead and um, send me in a message. <coughs> All right, guys, I just wanted to start off um, sharing something with you that I received today. I think my, my earrings are giving a little bit of a, a shimmer. I'm gonna take those off. <laughs> um, I want to go over, just tell you something that I got today, and it also has to do with something that happened last week. And um, a friend of mine, Charlotte Jackson, she was diagnosed with melanoma um, cancer just a few days ago. And her story helps me explain to you why I'm sitting here with you right now. <clears throat> um, the Galatians is all about the good news, the gospel message. And sometimes we wonder, how does that really apply to our life? Why do I even care to know more about God and the, and the good news and the gospel message? Well, here is just some snippets from an email that I received. All right. It, she said to me, I am incredibly blessed to have your love and support during this time in my life. She sent this to a group of us. She says, I am in awe of you and in awe of a beautiful God who is loving me so extravagantly through each one of you. Thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus. God has held me through every minute of this process through many of you, and just through the incredible peace that surpasses all understanding that he has covered me in. He's got me, and I am resting in that. And I just thought that was so beautiful. Here you get a diagnosis of cancer, and she says, he's got it. He's holding me. I am, and she starts to turn to gratitude already. Thank you for all of you who are supporting me. That's what the good news does. <clears throat> in addition, we are at a prayer night. And Charlotte was at this prayer night. It was at just this beautiful chapel that 
we were all in on a cold, wintry night. We had gathered around Charlotte. We had put our hands, and we were praying over her. And at the very end of the prayer night, the, the gentleman, Mark Sunderhues, who um, was kind of in charge of it all as far as, and he played this song. And the song is called, It Is Well With My Soul. I don't know if you've ever heard the song, It Is Well With My Soul, but it is just beautiful. It's really about, you know, in times of trouble, um, when things aren't going well, it is well with my soul. Well, Sharla has one of the most beautiful voices that she sings all over kind of Colorado and other places. And as the song was playing, I could hear her starting to sing the song, the song It Is Well With My Soul. By the end, she was just singing it out with such passion and such conviction and truth because of God, because of this good news and the gospel message. I said to her, it's something I'll never forget seeing someone who had just two days earlier got the diagnosis of cancer to be lifting her hands in praise and worship of God and saying it's well with my soul. Guys, the gospel message changes people. Um, there's a guy named Scott. And Scott is a friend of mine for years now, although we've never met. I wouldn't know if he was standing next to me. But Scott sent me this text today. He said, he, meaning God, is indeed making me whole. What was almost death became door the door to a new life. Years ago, Scott almost died, and that's kind of how we came to know each other through his kind of rehabilitation. He started doing faithful workouts, and so we've had this kind of pen pal relationship, and it's kind of fun. But you see that? What was almost death gave me the new life. And then there's my father-in-law, Joe, who, as he was, these last couple days here on earth, I, you know, he pointed upward and he smiled and he said, I want to go home. He had this unbelievable peace, even in leaving the ones he loved because he knew the one he was going to. And my mother-in-law said to us soon after his death that she had kind of a new boyfriend and his name was Jesus. And she was walking with him and holding hands with him. And he was helping her through this grief that she was dealing with. And now she has cancer of her own. And to see how she's turning to Jesus and having this peace, even when she feels bad and she, you know, is dealing with so much, she has peace. This is why I'm doing this tonight. And then there's my own mom who, when she had multiple back surgeries, and she used to be the most active person in the world, and she had to slow down, and that slowing down, she turned more to the Bible and to the truth of what God says. And I can see how, even in her troubles and struggles, she's holding on to Jesus. And my stepdad, I mean, he is just an example of just being a beautiful servant because of Jesus in him. He's able to also go and love and serve and help my mom when she needs him. So that's why I want you to sit here with me now. I want you to open your ears and your heart. And my prayer is that God will speak into each and every one of you. So I'm just going to open with a prayer and then we'll dig into Galatians 3 and 4. So, Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for just your word, for giving us this unbelievable peace and joy because of what you were willing to do on the cross for us. God, my hope and prayers too that, like I said, that everyone's here. It's no surprise to you that they're here and they're listening. And I just hope that they hear something powerful that, that just touches their heart in such a way that they are ready to go and and live fully with you, and that that brings them joy and, and peace. So thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus. It's in his name we pray. All right. Are you ready to dig into this? Galatians 
I want to first do some highlights just from Galatians 1 and 2, okay? There's a couple things that I talked about real quick. I'm going to just touch on these. And, you know, if you haven't seen last week's, I did send out a um, video recording that you can go ahead and listen to, or you can scroll down to last week on this Facebook page, and you'll see it there as well. Just a couple things. Right off, Galatians 1.4, we're told Jesus came to rescue us. We didn't have to do anything. He came to rescue us. In verse 10, it, it, um, in Galatians, Paul touches on something that I'm so passionate about. He says, um, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. He talks about something like people-pleasing. People-pleasing, guys, pulls you away from being able to be Christ's servant. So that's an important one to get into our heart. How can we live for Jesus and not to please people? Verse 14 Paul says, God revealed his son to me so that I could proclaim the good news to the Gentiles. And I challenged you last week to say, who's your so that? If God has revealed his son to you, there's a reason behind it. It's so that you can proclaim the good news to somebody. It might be someone in your very own household, it might be someone you work with, but we are called, when we have been given this gift of the good news, and we understand it, and it comes into our heart, we are called to then go and share this with others, okay? So who's your so that? In verse 22, Paul says, and they gave glory to God because of me. And he's not saying that in a kind of a bragging way. He's saying, I used to be a complete mess. I was trying to kill Christians, and now I'm a different person. I'm changed. And people are noticing that change, and that's why they're giving glory to God. So if you have a past that is far from perfect, just know God can use that to give, so people will notice the change in you and, give, and they'll give him glory. And then, let's see, lastly here, um, I want to go also into chapter 2, and it says in there in verse 16, for no one will ever be saved by obeying the law. So Paul is really saying now, guys, you know, this is a gift that you've been given, this gift of faith. It's not by observing the law, and that is a theme that he continues on throughout 3 and 4. In fact, the last, the last verse in chapter 2, he says, For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. That is a powerful one right there, guys. Think about it. If God was relying on us to do things perfectly, why in the world would he have sent Jesus, right? All right, so that's just kind of a recap, and that definitely sets us up for um, chapters 3 and 4 because the main theme of Galatians is it's a letter to the churches in Galatia that Paul's writing to them to tell them you've got to stick with the real gospel message. There's a true gospel message, and anything that we try to add to it is no longer the gospel message or the good news. We have to know what the true gospel message is. And that's really the theme for um, chapters 1 through 4. And then in 5 and 6, he starts to go a little bit more into how this, this message can help us to experience more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all those things, the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, and I'll talk also in um, chapter 5 about some of the challenges in living with love, joy, peace, and all of that. Okay, so that's to come. So right now, I'm going to stick with, um, we're starting with chapter 3 now. And the way that Paul starts this chapter, I think, is pretty, pretty interesting. He says, Oh, foolish Galatians. In another version, it even says, Oh, you idiots. I mean, he's not mincing words here, right? He says, 
Oh, foolish Galatians, why can't you get this? I'm making it very clear. And to me, when I read those words, I can get it. Like I, those, those resonate with me because I can remember sitting across a table from a man and we were talking about faith and he had, um, another friend of mine, he had said, you know, I see the faith that you guys have and it's just something that I don't and I really want it. And so I was explaining him more and more about Jesus and what he did on the cross. And he said to me, he goes, you know, Michelle, I think that Christian stuff works for you, but I think I'm just going to stick with Buddhism. And it just broke me. I was like, I started crying. That's just how I am. I started crying because my heart went out. Like, it's, yeah, come on, no. If you're saying you want what I have, listen. And I think that's kind of what Paul's saying here. Guys, please, please, please don't add to this message. Don't change the good news message. Listen to me. Don't be foolish because he loves them. And he wants for them to be able to live free and fully. And he knows that if they can't stick to this true gospel message that he's tried over and over to make clear, they're not going to get it. It's, it's just their life isn't going to be free and fully and living fully. And, and then he goes on to say to him, don't you remember? Like, because some of these guys were probably at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit first came. He could be speaking to some people who were actually there. And he's saying, don't you remember that it was the Holy Spirit that saved you? It wasn't what you were doing. So if it's the Holy Spirit and that faith in what Jesus did on the cross, if that's what saves you, why are you now trying to add to it and try to do this on your own power and think that you need to do something other than believe. And then I find it interesting because right after that, he brings up Abraham. Now, if you don't know Abraham, Abraham, you'll find his story in, in Genesis. And Abraham is really kind of the, the father of the, of the faith. And Abraham, um, people who he's talking to, and he's, he's really, like I said, writing this letter to the churches in Galatia, and, and even more specifically to the Judaizers. You never can say that word, Judaizers, something like that. And these were people who believed in what Jesus did on the cross, but they were adding things to it. So in order to be saved, you believe, but you also have to follow kind of the Jewish customs and laws. And so Paul is speaking to that group. And he's saying, come on, guys, you know the story of Abraham, and you know what God said to Abraham. Here's what he said in, in Genesis 15, 6. Well, first of all, Abraham's name was Abram before God changed his name. So it says, And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. And it says it over, he was righteous because of his faith. And that's what the message in, in, all of, in this letter that Paul's writing is. We are messed up. All of us are sinners. We goof up. We'll never get it right. And that's what God expected. Okay, Colossians 1, 19 through 23. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You are his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. 
but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. That again, it's Colossians um, 1, 19 through 23. If you haven't printed out my notes, I've sent them to you, or just go look that up. Stay on that for a while. Study it, read it, let it come into your heart because it's such a, it just so reiterates what Paul is saying in Galatians. God's plan all along was this. So you might say, okay, well then why the law? Why did he send to Moses or give to Moses the law, right? Paul addresses this. He, he says, why then was the law given? And he says, it was given alongside the promise, that's a promise to Abraham, to show people their sins. But the, the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. And of course, that child who was promised is Jesus. So it says, the law was given to show us that we can't, we can't live this way, we can't do it all right. I mean, no matter how hard we try, there's gonna be some time, some way that we mess it up. And that was all that the law was to do, was to really show us. Yes, back until Jesus came, it was to guide and, and direct people on how to live, but it wasn't what saved them. The law wasn't, it was never sent to save us, it was actually sent to show us our need for a savior. Um, in verse 13 it says, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse of our wrongdoing. Because what we learn is actually from back in Deuteronomy, it says that if we disobey just one part of that law, we are cursed, we're separated from God, we're unholy, we're not righteous anymore, okay? If that's what we're using. So yeah, you can go ahead and say, no, I'm gonna go that way. I'm gonna see if I can just kind of obey every rule. Nobody's ever done it but Jesus. Okay, so chances are too good. It says, in fact, we are all prisoners of sin. All of us, every single person is a prisoner of sin. And so we have this beautiful gift that God has given us and it's, this, it's a gift of grace and forgiveness and salvation. I'm gonna go into a little bit in Galatians 4 because I wanna go kind of quickly through 3 and 4 because then I'm gonna spend quite a bit of time after that really kind of walking you through this process of sanctification, okay? So just know that that's coming, and I'm, it might seem like I'm touching on some of these things a little bit quickly, but it's coming. I'm gonna kind of pull it all together, okay? A couple points from Galatians 4. It says um, at the very beginning, but when the right time came, God sent his son. And I find it interesting that he says, in the right time. Do you guys ever question God's timing? Have you ever been talking to him saying, uh, God, you're listening, I, I'm asking you this now, and you're not getting things when you want it. And he says right here, you know, God's timing is right, at the right time. He's got this all figured out, God. God's, God has seen from the very beginning till the very end, and he has it all figured out. And so, in just the right time, he sent Jesus. So rest in that, okay? Things might not go our way all the time, but God's timing is, it is perfect. And then in verse, um, let's see, in chapter 4, verses 5 and 7, God sent him to buy freedom so that he could adopt us. And since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. So this is kind of a good section now of what's talked about in Galatians 4, is that God has adopted us into his family. I mean, isn't that kind of cool? Like, you are a son and a daughter of God. And back then, in the Roman kind of law, when you adopted a child, 
they said that there was apps you could treat them absolutely no differently than you would your biological child they were exactly equal they were they were due all the inheritance and everything that this biological child had so the fact that God's saying, you know, throughout the Bible, we are adopted into his family. He's saying that everything that he has and promised to Jesus, it's ours as well. We are a child of God. And I just think that that is something, when the world starts to get to you, or when you feel like, you know, people are upset with you, to just cling to that, you know, you're his child, and he loves you. And it says in there that that's what kind of stirs up our hearts sometimes to cry out, Abba. Abba Father, you know, calling out, Daddy, I need you. I need your help right now. And we do that because we understand that we truly are his child. All right. And then in verse 12, he, Paul says, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. And again, Paul uses a powerful word right there, right? He is pleading with them. This isn't like, you know, just a suggestion, maybe something you want to try in addition to the you're trying. He's like, no, I am pleading with you. Please, please, please listen to what I'm saying here. You are saved, not by what you do, but by what was done for you. The message, the good news is really more about history. It's about what was done than what's required of you now. I'm just going to take a little break here, and I'm just going to see, do you guys have any questions? Is there anything at all that I need to go back on before I kind of jump into some of this stuff on sanctification? I'm going to do a quick look here to see if Denica has anything here. Um, okay. Nope, so far it looks like everything is going well. Again, anytime you want, you stop, you question, you ask. Um, so what I wanted to do now, and I was actually, I spent some time talking to my husband about this today. He's out of town actually with his mother-in-law and my mom and dad and everybody, they're all together. Um, but we were talking about this process of a word called sanctification. And if you've, maybe you've been in church a while, you've heard that word, maybe this is the first time that you've ever heard it, but that, that word is really, it's a process of making us holy, okay? From our, you know, we're all prisoners to sin, to how do we get... How, how does this process of sanctification look? And when, when will we be holy, right? Okay? And that's kind of what I want to walk you through now, is just that process. And here's what we're, my husband and I were talking about. It starts, guys, with belief. Okay? It starts, again, with believing in what Jesus did on the cross. You might be like, Michelle, you're kind of like a broken record. You've been saying that in chapters 1, 2, 3, not 4. But I'm telling you, I've got to get this through to you. Okay? I don't want any doubt here that we are saved by the belief. Not just belief that there is a God, okay? Because the Bible tells us, I want to think it's Romans, someplace. It says, you know, even de demons believe there's a God. But what it means here is we, I'm talking about belief in what Jesus did on the cross. That he got up there as kind of to, in place of us. You know, in the Old Testament, they used to do those sacrifices that they would put down some type of an animal as a sacrifice. That's what Jesus did. He was our sacrifice. He went up on that cross to, to make me look beautiful and perfect and same with you. It starts with that. Once you get that, guys, something it should change something in your heart. You don't say the same when you realize that you look around at this world and you look at the universe and all that was created and how God, you know, I mean, how amazing he is to create even just 
how a baby's born or how you know we breathe in oxygen and oxygen. I mean, just all these things. I don't know. I just think it's amazing that he could do all that. And it's from that that we start to get this sense of gratitude, this sense of thank you. It's this. It's because of that we know that we can never do things perfectly, that we get this, this sense of peace. Like, wow, even if I mess up today, it doesn't mean that I, I, God doesn't love me or that I won't be able to get into heaven, he'll kick me out. You start to get this gratitude, this peace. And the other thing that happens when you believe, which is, you know, God clearly tells us, and, and he's, Jesus says, I'm gonna send you, you know, like, I'm leaving earth, but it's for your benefit because I'm gonna send you a helper. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And so once you believe, yes, you start to feel this feeling of gratitude, peace, but that the Holy Spirit comes into you then, okay? So think about this. If you believe in what Jesus did on the cross, God is living in you. Like he's right here and he can guide you and direct you. Part of that challenge is turning off what the world's trying to tell you and learning to tune in more to his voice. But that's just an amazing thing. This process of being sanctified and moving towards holiness can only be done through the help of the Holy Spirit, okay? It's that spirit that saved us. It's a spirit that's going to help us move forward in this process, okay? And then when we have that gratitude, we have the Holy Spirit guiding us, then we start to change our behavior. We start to live differently. And the deal is, we are never gonna be perfect until heaven, guys. So if you're thinking like, oh my goodness, here I am, I have the Holy Spirit, I have gratitude, I have this peace, I'm noticing my changed behavior, and then I mess up again. It's okay, right? Because that's what's expected, God, God knows that. And um, I've been listening to, and I mentioned it last week, that I've been listening to, kind of re-listening, to a book by Tim Keller called Galatians for You, I think is the name of it. And it's a great book, and he has so many just um, little things that he says in there that just grab my heart. I wanna share a couple of things about this process of sanctification that Tim Keller shares. He says, we are not only saved by the gospel, but we also now grow by the gospel. The gospel is not just the ABCs of our faith, it is the A to Z, it's, it's everything. Yes, there's tons of other stuff in the Bible and we should learn and grow in knowledge and wisdom and all that, but really the gospel or the good news has everything we need. It's, it's, it's all right there, okay? Um, and then he went on and he talked about the law and how the law, what the, what the law did is it really shows us, it focuses on our actions, right? The law focuses on our action, but being saved is more about what's in our heart. And I think just as it's normal kind of for us humans to just, we focus so much on our actions. We get overly concerned with how we're doing things, how we're living. And what really needs to change is what's inside. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. We need to allow just this unbelievable sense of gratitude and awe of what God did to change us from the inside out. We focus, this goes over guys into our health. We focus so much on our actions. I'm going to do, 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 right? I'm gonna exercise, I'm gonna eat healthy, I'm gonna do, do, do. But we don't allow ourselves to change from the inside out. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to speak into us and say, you know what, 
you can do this. You've got self-control because that is one of the fruit of the Spirit. You, you, know, you can do this. And so it's so important that we don't just focus on our actions like the law said, but we focus more on what's inside and allow that to be really what we put our energy into. All right? Um, and, you know, if, if you think about it, if we are relying on our own effort, okay, that we're going to buckle down, we're going to try harder, we're going to get this right, we're going to start living better. If it's our own effort, that's got a little bit of pride, right? Like, I can do it. God, I don't need you. I've got this. I can, I can get there on my own. That's exactly the opposite of what God wants. He wants us to admit, like, not a chance, God, can I do this without you. I've tried and I've messed up. I need your help. So just know that it can actually be prideful if you start to think that you can do it on your own. And this is another huge thing, guys. If you think about it, if we're saved by grace, then our actions don't do anything to make God love us more. Our actions don't do anything to make us a, a better human living here, really, in God's eyes, okay? And think about it. If we're believing that our actions will help, will make it that God loves us more, then aren't they kind of selfish? We could be trying to go out and serve other people or even read our Bible or just do the, doing things because we want God to love us more. But if we think about it, if what we do has no impact on what God thinks about us or how he loves us, it becomes much more of a selfless act. I'm not gonna get to heaven because of what I do. It doesn't benefit me. Again, it's from this sense of gratitude and guys, I just, I'm just sitting here going, get this, like, get this, because this is going to change it. You know what happens when you're changed from the inside out? When you start to really get this message of gratitude and peace, and you start to let the Holy Spirit speak to you, and you realize it's not about what I do, you're going to be motivated to go out and share this with others. That part about, you know, again, Paul's saying, you know, God revealed the Son to me so that I can go preach the good news to the Gentiles. That's what's really supposed to happen here. I mean, Jesus' last words before he ascended back up to heaven, he said, you know, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. And he says, don't worry, I will be with you. All right, so guys, that's just some things I want you to think about. It's not our actions. We're saved by faith. If, we, if our actions really um, give us a higher standing in God's eyes, it could be selfish that we would do it. So it's really cool that what we do for others, it doesn't really benefit us in God's eyes. Okay, so I hope that kind of made a point. Um, let's see. I just wanted to, I guess, kind of sum this all up here, guys, with this. It's a quote from Relevant Magazine. Denica is going to share a link to this article because the whole article is so good. But I just want to read part of it to you, okay? It says, while we shouldn't obey God to earn his love or out of fear, we are to obey out of faith. We believe, and his word proves, that what he says is better than what we want, okay? So we're not obeying him out of fear. We're not doing it to obey or to get his love. We're doing it because we really believe, like, he knows what he's talking about. I mean, he created everything. He knows, and if he loves me, of course he's trying to direct me on the path that's going to live to life to the fullest. Jesus came, he said, so that you can have life and life to the fullest. So you start to do that. Then it goes on, he quotes on Spurgeon in this article. Spurgeon, in his sermon called The Obedience of Faith, said, The more of faith in him you have, the more of obedience to him will you manifest. 
we tend to use the phrase, we're saved by faith and not works, as an excuse for not living holy lives. In reality, our faith should be what drives us to holy living. Although disobedience, disobedience certainly doesn't make us lose our salvation, it should create conflict in our hearts because we are acting in a way that is contrary to what we believe. And that's really important, guys. When you act outside of God's will, it should stir something up in you like, ugh, I don't want to do that. that. That is then what stirs you to repentance, to go before God and say, God, I'm sorry. I messed up again, that Abba Father. I'm sorry I messed up again. Um, I know you forgive me, but I just need help really turning from this. I just don't want to come to you like every day saying, oh, will you forgive me again? I truly want to turn from this. And I'm going to talk again more about that in Galatians 5. It's amazing how it kind of helps us understand what's going on in here, here okay? So, um, okay, so it says, we are, so when we're acting differently, it should make stir something up in us. And then it says, Trusting that God's wisdom and knowledge are superior to our own thoughts and desires will lead to obeying what he says. The more you know God, the more you'll trust him. The more you trust him, you'll understand that his ways are better. And then I love how they finished up this article. I think, I think it was actually a woman named Becky, but I can't remember. It says, grace, that, grace that, that free gift of salvation. You did nothing to earn it. You accepted the gift, right? So it's, it's grace. It's a gift. Grace strips you of your idols and sinfulness, beginning the process of making your life reflect the righteousness that was declared over you at the cross. Grace doesn't cover up the sinfulness in your life. It shines a spotlight on it and gently prompts change because of the price at which you were brought. Wow, right? There is a lot. I gotta read that one again, okay? Grace or that gift that God has given you of being saved and being righteous. Grace strips you of your idols and sinfulness, beginning the process of making your life reflect the righteousness that was declared over you at the cross. Do you see that? It was declared over you. It's not that you were righteous and then you were called righteous. You were declared righteous before you even were righteous, okay? So it was declared over you at the cross. Grace doesn't cover up the sinfulness in your life, or grace doesn't give you this like free ticket to like, well, I can go do anything I want because I'm forgiven and I've got grace and you know I'm not saved by what I do. No, 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 that's not what it, it's at all about. Grace doesn't cover up the sinfulness in your life. It shines a spotlight on it and gently prompts change because of the price at which you were brought, bought. Isn't that beautiful? So I hope you'll take time to read that article that Dennis going to go ahead and post out there. I do want to read something to you um, in my Bible here. In my it's a study Bible, so again, I have notes in here that in the commentary. And this is um, just some things I want to kind of finish up with here. It says here, Before faith in Christ delivered us, we were imprisoned by sin. Remember it says we were all prisoners to sin beaten down by past mistakes and choked by desires that we knew were wrong. God knew we were, sin, we were sin's prisoners, but he provided a way to escape, faith in Jesus Christ. Without Christ, everyone is held in sin's grasp, and only those who place their faith in Christ ever get out of it. Look to Christ. He is reaching out to set you free. You know, the shirt, my shirt again says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. 
And guys, if you want to live with more freedom, this is where it's found. It's not in thinking, you know, I'll have freedom if I only have enough money so I don't have this financial stress, then I'll live, live free. And you know what, if I can get out of this unhealthy relationship and I can get into a better one, I'll be free because I won't have to deal with anger anymore because that person will be gone. Whatever it is, guys, no, it's not gonna happen. Freedom is found and it's only found at the foot of the cross. I hope you believe that, it's truth. And if you're hesitant, can you just try? Can you just try to start living like you believe that you are free, that you are loved exactly as you are, and that you're just you're just a beautiful creation, you're God's daughter or son? Start just thinking that way. Even if you don't really believe it, just start talking to God about the fact that you're thankful for his love. All right, so um, Denica, do you have anything out there that anyone has questions on, anything at all? Let me take a look here, guys, if there's anything. And if not, I will um, close this up. Okay. I just, yeah, just, guys, I'm glad you're here. Um, feel free to share this with anybody you know. And a couple last things. We are doing some retreats. It will be Denica and Avery, her husband. He's an amazing cook. Denica is a, she's a preacher. She thinks she's a yoga teacher, but she's more of a preacher than a yoga teacher. She does them both awesome. And then my husband, Jeff, all four of us will be at this retreat and he speaks passionately about joy. In fact, he's wrote a book called The Joy Motto. He speaks passionately about life purpose and living in freedom. And then I do my stuff there too. So we have these retreats coming up. We have two in Colorado and one um, in Florida. That's what we've got scheduled for the rest of the year. And um, we also have a, a membership. We have a free membership and a premium membership. And if you want just more help on this journey to physical and spiritual health, go check it out. Danica, could you put a link up to where they can go to learn more about our memberships as well? Um, and then lastly, I've got Danica doing all sorts of stuff here. She's gonna also um, put up a song that um, I would hope that when I'm done here, you'll sit, you'll put it on, and you'll just sit for a little bit with all this. It's a lot to kind of take in, and so that's my hope and prayer. And I'm so glad you could be with me today. I, I love that God allows me to do this. It's just such a happy place. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. You know what? I didn't go to seminary. I haven't taken a lot of courses. I hope to someday on, on the Bible. But what I do have is a, a changed life. I have a passion in me that I know it is absolutely from God. I mean, why in the world would I care so much about you? That's just not me, right? That's just not natural to do. It's only because of God and His Spirit in me that I do this and that I'm passionate about helping you and wanting you to understand this. All right? So thanks for being with me. I'll, I'll end in prayer. Heavenly Father, just thanks. Thanks so much. Um, technology can sometimes get a bad name, but you know what? For this reason, I love it right now. And God, I want this message to be just really heard and felt and experienced, God. Would you please go to each and every person right now who is listening to this and just make them feel your presence. Make them know that you are just a loved child, that you have adopted them into your own family. God, your plan is amazing. I don't know how you came up with it all. I'm just absolutely in awe of all the details in the Bible and how it all ties together. So thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. And just thank you for sending Jesus so we could just truly live in freedom with peace and joy. I love you, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. If you have any questions, go ahead and type them in. I'll go ahead and take a look in just a minute. Thanks.